0: One Nation Radio, you better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word. Let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah I'm saying this a five. Before you hit and talk, bob your head side to side. This one nation radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to one nation. got, to we got the, the, power the power of Caribbean. This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, This is Kenny Omega Radio. On y'all, this is Rich. Welcome to uh, the July 17th edition of One Nation Radio, a special episode. We're going to be reviewing the Extreme Rules pay per view. Shout out to everyone on Twitter. Make sure you guys are rating and reviewing the podcast network. We're an independent podcast network. We need your likes, your five star ratings, no fours, no threes. Don't be hating out here in these streets. Um, we've got some you know stuff to get to later this week, so there will be another show. Um, breaking down the entire hulk hogan situation and i'll be joined by simon cotton of uh, sportskita.com as well as james who will be breaking his sabbatical um, to join me on that but this right here is going to be the start of a new tradition we're gonna put the pay-per-views as their own show uh, hope you guys dig it. Um, so let's just, we're going to start right at the top, man. Uh, so overall thoughts on the show. This was not one of the more stellar events of the year. Um, I was confirmed with a couple buddies of mine. Um, you know, some folks really liked it for certain reasons and most people didn't. Um, this was right on the level of backlash. Maybe a little better, a little bit more entertaining um, on that um, front. But, you know, watching this show, I kind of watched it as comedy personally, and I was a lot less offended uh, watching it that way had I watched it as a serious wrestling show. Um, The way that they essentially came out here and just booked all these fuck finishes and they came out here and essentially have put two black holes on their card with their women's matches being you know their champions are Carmella and Alexa Bliss um their tag team divisions look like absolute jokes they have Daniel Bryan out here fighting against these two monsters and you know Kane coming out here he's already kind of immobile to begin with and then he gets put in a walking boot um You've got the main event where of course we have the ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one chance and chance and all that and you know the outrage that came from that. Well I'm not going to be outraged here um, <laughs> about any of that. There's a lot of people that want to yell at the fans. But if you want someone to yell at the fans, you're listening to the wrong show. Um, I believe, you know, when the fans go see the arena and these things happen, they happen for a reason. Uh, if you give these, you know, fans, you know, they, they've been in the seats for that long Um You come out there and you give them fuck finish after fuck finish after fuck finish, and then you put an Iron Man match out there last, and we'll just go ahead and get it started now. Um, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler um, headlined the show. No one knew that going in um for the intercontinental championship and in an iron man match now this was built up uh with a couple of weeks of tv matches including a title change where dolph ziggler won the intercontinental title for i believe the sixth or seventh time not sure but it seems like that's kind of you know uh his belt at this at the moment and they you know just built an iron man match off of that so it was you know not really a long bill usually see an iron man match whether it's like a Uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels situation or it's a deeply ingrained personal rivalry like Sasha versus Charlotte or something like that. This was not that. This was them booking a stipulation that they hoped, you know, these guys uh, would, you know, tear the house down and, you know, see Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler. They don't really need help with that. They don't need assistance. So, when I saw, you know, the match going, you know, underneath the hijack or whatever like that, and everyone's called it so disrespectful and all this other shit, um... I didn't see it that way. Um, This was, I I still thought the crowd was into the match when they needed to be. This was something where they were just having fun. And it was a situation where they came out there and told this crowd that this match is not serious. When you had these guys wrestling for 20 and 30 minutes on TV, and then you do seven falls in like the first 10 minutes, all you're telling me is that this is not to be taken seriously. So, Basically, what the crowd did was held the mirror up and showed WWE who they were. Um, I wasn't pissed off about that at all. You know, did it distract from the match? Sure, it did. But you know what else distracted from the match? All those disqualifications. All those, you know, ridiculous uh, finishes with McIntyre jumping in. He should have been disqualified more times uh, than he was. Uh, the babyface blows a 3 nothing lead like... You know, if you guys listened to the show last week, um, I basically said that they should go 30, 0-0, and go into overtime. Now, they went into overtime, but they immediately have Drew McIntyre jumping in there and getting Seth Rollins the fuck out of there. I don't know. Someone should be fired. Who keeps laying out these pay-per-view matches? I don't know. Like, every time they try to get cute, something bad happens. Um, Look at WrestleMania. So you know they they got cute by booking that match uh, alone with with uh Seth Rollins or excuse me with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns then the next big match that kind of got you know shit on was Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe their bright idea was to have Samoa Joe use a chin lock for 7 minutes no one wants to see that then they wanted to to test fate essentially and get you know Roman Reigns out there with General Hall, you know, two of the poster boys for being you know for for what what most fans see and the people that are going to those shows. They give those guys hell because they don't like those guys, and all they came out here and did was poke the bear essentially. Um, after that, now we we got Seth Rollins in the situation. So here's where it gets like real interesting because. You know, we obviously know why these Roman Reigns matches are getting hijacked. They're laid out awfully and they have, you know, uh, Roman in their these situations where it's dead clear what they're trying to do. Then when Rollins, you know, gets a match hijacked. And this is like the second one. He kind of had like an outside uh, deal entity or whatever. Uh, you know, first, you know, was the red belt at SummerSlam 2016. Everyone was so distracted. Then there was this. So... I don't know, man. It's, it's, I personally, I blame it on the booking of the match. Now, you may, you're going to get a ton of different opinions on that, but I'd like for you guys to let me know when you're watching an Iron Man match, do you want to see a shit ton of falls like they tried to do or told you to do in the beginning of the, of the, uh, match where, you know, it's already like three nothing or, yeah, they done, or excuse me, it's three three by, and there's like 15 minutes left to go. It's like, What the hell is going on out here? And then all of a sudden these dudes can't lose and they're kicking out everything. It just is such a major disconnect, especially when we've seen Rollins going an hour without being pinned. I don't know... I don't. I I couldn't think of booking an Iron Man match worse than that. Did I like the match? I thought it was okay. Um, I don't think it got to that match of the year level. It was definitely not a contender. It shouldn't be in anyone's book. Um, if they're doing that, they really like Seth Rollins or they really like Dolph Ziggler, and they're bending over backwards to justify that. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. It it was just a. Uh, it was a case where I'm not sure if the Raw match went on last, but they definitely. Uh, didn't lay it out to be received uh, like the main event like I, I don't know when you see Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler you think you're about to get a work rate classic and what they did was decided to put their booking imprints all over it and as we have you know come to see their booking tends not to go over well you know if as long as like you know Ronda Rousey's not involved right now because they're knocking it out of the park with her. But we'll get to that later. Um, Rollins and Ziggler, I gave that one three and a quarter. Uh, you know, some folks might have it a little higher, but that's just where I was on it. So AJ Styles and Rusev for the WWE Championship, the match before the main event. Um... Now, they didn't have a ton of build going into it. It was very generic. They had Rusev. They couldn't decide whether they wanted him to do his baby face thing or just act like a regular heel. I thought he kind of leaned more in the heel direction. Aiden English was out there, you know, doing things to help him cheat. Uh, I thought these guys had a really good match. For me, it was the best match of the show. Um, They came out here and, you know, showed, I think Rusev showed that, you know he can be counted on in big situations to have you know a good performance. I think he definitely is there at that level, he should be taken seriously sometime. You know, and definitely, like, the, the only you know real problem is like, where do you go uh, from here with Rusev? Now that he you know just got his shot at the king and essentially missed, so maybe he goes into something like, hey man. I didn't need you to pull that turnbuckle off. So what happened? Maybe he does someone aid in English there, but uh, I thought Rusev had an excellent match. Um, Styles just, you know, showed that he's AJ Styles. I don't think this was a match of the year contender or anything. Styles hasn't really been lighting it on fire, but he's still been really good. So I think by the end of the year, he may work himself into that wrestler of the year conversation just off of his consistency. And, you know, being a guy to hold the WWE Championship, but we've really got to start asking what the fuck is going on with WWE not putting AJ Styles on last. I feel like right now they're bending over backwards to not give him the main events like sports writers bent over backwards for a couple of years not to give James Harden the NBA regular season MVP. If you weren't going to put Roman Reigns on last, which was the rumor going into this, and... I would think, you know, there's no Universal Championship match, so why isn't the WWE Championship in the main event? It makes it, you know, very confusing for not only viewers, but um, long-time fans, like, like new viewers, but longtime fans as well. It's like, well, what's AJ not doing to be a main eventer? And then the only thing that you can really think is, oh, he's on SmackDown. So what they're doing is just turning it to the SmackDown belt, which is not even above the Intercontinental title. I think people really have to ask... You know questions about that. Like, if this was your first time watching the pay per view, you would think the Intercontinental title is bigger than the WWE Championship. So, it it is uh troubling to see that that's happening to AJ. Um, looking at the year, the only thing he's main evented was Fastlane. He wasn't gonna have a shot in hell at main eventing the uh, you know, WrestleMania, the Greatest World Rumble, wasn't on there for backlash because they decided to. And, you know, all the matches with him and Nakamura with fuck finishes. Uh, The last match that they did was at Money in the Bank. They had to fall behind a gimmick. You get to this one, he still can't have the main event. So what is AJ Styles not doing to get the main event? They've made a lot of his feuds very vanilla. We have to see that. But AJ is not writing the feuds. So... You know, it's going to be interesting to see where he'll be at on the SummerSlam card. I would probably assume, you know, second or third from the top. And he's going to have to out-wrestle his position while being, quote-unquote, the champion. Um kind of you know is getting more noticeable so i would think uh everyone might want to pay attention to that from here going forward because styles is starting to add up the days now on his reign as champion he there was uh, you know something during when he made his entrance they mentioned he's the longest reigning wwe champion in five years you know with that belt Now, the last guy that held that belt was CM Punk, strangely enough, a dude that wasn't being in the main event, that was playing second fiddle behind, you know, whatever big star there was. There was John Cena at that time. Right now, he's playing second fiddle to whatever's on Raw. It's not even just Roman Reigns. It's not even just Brock Lesnar. It's fucking Rollins in the Intercontinental title, so... If I was AJ Styles, I would feel really disrespected, but, you know, I guess that's what the check's for. So, <laughs> um, But AJ Styles and Rusev, I ended up going uh, three and three quarters on that and thought that was, like, you know, a good professional wrestling match, I'd say. So not four-star level, not match-of-the-year level, but definitely, like, you know, a match you might be able to throw on and be like, all right, want to pass the time. Uh, I, I remember Rusev got a shot at the title once. Oh, what was that like? And, it, you know, you wouldn't be disappointed if you went back and forth. We got the Raw Women's Championship between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, and I'm going to say it. You guys know what I'm going to say. Alexa Bliss is not good. This match is another shining example of not only her mediocrity, but her tendency to be in these matches designed to protect her from, you know, being able to put together anything <laughs> because they just, you know, they, they're they, she's not here for her wrestling ability. Um The whole match was full of smoke and mirrors. I wouldn't watch it again. Ronda Rousey got involved. It got really exciting when she was in there because you knew she was going to get involved somehow, but they cut her off and made her look like a geek, uh, beating her down with the kendo sticks and everything like that. Um, Alexa Bliss's chair shots look weaker than My Little Sisters. Of course, they had her win with the DDT on a chair. The, you know... Raw Women's Title continues to be a black hole, along with the SmackDown Women's Title, which we'll get into in a minute. But I think the women's divisions haven't been in this bad a shape since before AJ Lee won the championship for the first time. So <laughs> this is this is crazy. Like we're fully back in the Divas era. You can only hope that Ronda Rousey is not destroyed by um, the title wave that is Alexa Bliss and her soul sucking mediocrity. Um, she basically has run shot and dominated this championship. And I can't figure out a reason why someone would be that dominant on a non-drawing entity like the women's championship. This is a thing that you can spread around that you can, you know, produce great matches with and, and really add to the card. What they've done since they've combined these shows and added these women's matches with Alexa bliss, you know, defending the championship, Carmella defending the championship. All you've done is turn uh, Nia Jax into a dummy. You definitely turned Asuka into a dummy that has to not only lower her performance level, but she has to look stupid in the process to, you know, essentially come out here and get screwed by this, by these heels. So, um, you know, looking at it, Alexa bliss and Nia Jax, you know, we already knew what it was. Uh, Alexa was going over, not a surprise Nia, you kind of look at her now like, damn, they put the belt on you for like a month. You over delivered with the Rousey stuff, and you know, your chance, you're out of here now. So, interested to see what happens to her next. Um, obviously, we got Bliss and Rousey on deck for SummerSlam. And I'm just going to hope that Ronda Rousey can carry this um, person to a good match, which sounds crazy because this will be like Ronda Rousey's third match ever. Then we got our shock of the evening. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Roman Reigns. Now this was a decent heavyweight match. Um, looks like I forgot to give you guys my star rating for <laughs> Alexa Bliss and uh, Nat- or Excuse me, Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. I gave that a one and a half star effort uh, between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. Um, but after that. Uh, Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley went out there. Bobby Lashley got the clean win, one, two, three. Um, Didn't expect that. I thought Roman would go ahead and and get uh, Bobby out of there. But what they did was, you know, essentially gave Lashley the first one. And then if you guys saw Monday Night Raw last night, um, you know, these guys are going to have a rematch next week to determine who's going to fight Lesnar. And I'm pretty sure that – They'll go and give Roman that win back and then, you know, Bobby will be, you know, either shipped off or maybe they'll do a three-way or something like that. Um, I liked the match. I thought it was a, dec- a good heavyweight match. Three stars, nothing like terrible that will insult your intelligence. Uh, I thought these guys did a good job of overcoming what, you know, was attempted to be a hijack. Uh, if it had gone on last, I have no doubt it was getting hijacked, especially like, you know, how the folks reacted with the clock stuff. But, you know... I don't think this match was anything special, you know, to write home about this pretty much showed that Bobby Lashley can have a competent match. Roman Reigns normally delivers on pay-per-view when he's not, you know, restricted, you know, by terrible match layouts, um, or gimmicks that he has to get over. Like he doesn't have to lay in a, in a submission move. And he had a, doesn't have someone in there abominable like Jinder Mahal, um, who was completely not on the show this time. Um, but lastly showed enough that he's competent, and it seems like people are actually kind of digging the guy, so maybe you can credit Roman reigns uh for that uh, depending on how you look at it, or if this is an anyone but Romans situation, that could be be the same thing as well. Um, yeah. So uh next week these guys will be facing off, and the winner gets Brock Lesnar. They were in triple threat matches last night on Monday Night Raw. Uh Lashley was in there with Elias and Seth Rollins, and Roman was in there with Drew McIntyre and Finn Balor. Interesting choices. Um, Rollins, you know, <laughs> has been hot all year and gets pretty much, you know, pushed to the side. And we've got this whole Lashley and Reigns thing. <sighs> I don't know. Not the most exciting thing in the world. Seems like it's going to lead back to Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, which is a tired program. They have Brock Lesnar getting paid all this money to essentially uh, get go away heat and come out here and, you know, what they've done since WrestleMania is what I've been saying on this show is they've ruined Brock Lesnar's character and they've ruined the audience's connection to him that everyone always liked Brock Lesnar when he showed up. It was really telling to watch Monday Night Raw and hear, you know, Kurt Angle say, hey, I'm just going to strip this dude. No match needed. And everyone was like, yes! Because people really believe this for whatever reason. Like, they really believe Brock Lesnar does not want to show up. So, aside from the part where we're just sick of Brock Lesnar and, you know, what they've done with him. And it's just like, yo, leave so they can stop this tired-ass storytelling stroke trope some people just be like really believe that Brock Lesnar is not showing up and so this is a credit to Vince man that he's able to hoodwink these idiots but what is happening is they're ruining Brock Lesnar in the process not only to those folks but the folks like you know that watch this channel the folks that listen to this podcast where we're just tired of it Get the belt off of him, <laughs> and no matches necessary. Have a tournament. Who gives a fuck? Put it on Hawkins. No one would 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 bat an eye if they did that at this point. So not only have they made the universal title just a complete non-entity, they have turned Brock Lesnar in you know f- from a guy that generated excitement every time he came around to a guy who generates apathy and groans. And you know the way they that he's been performing is just. It's not exciting, it's done, it's stale, it's tired. And people are ready for that shit to end. So... For everyone's sake, I think we should hope that Brock Lesnar drops the title come SummerSlam. Almost no matter to who it is. And we have Brock Lesnar, or excuse me, Braun Strowman waiting with that briefcase. Um, it's going to make an interesting dynamic because I think it's going to be WrestleMania 34 Part 2. Uh, if Roman Reigns is put in that spot, no one's going to cheer when Roman Reigns, is, or when you know, if Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar for the belt. They're all going to be like, where the fuck is Strowman? Come get this belt um, from this other dude we don't like. So... Now, you know, it'll be a heel versus heel program uh, at the end of the day, but um, moving on. Then, of course, we had the Bludgeon Brothers against team hell no daniel bryan and kane it was shown early in the night that the bludgeon brothers couldn't wait to get their hands on you know the nostalgia act as they went ahead and whooped daniel bryan's ass and whooped kane's ass in the back and they brought out the hammer like gallagher um and they they beat on kane's ankle it was said that kane had an ankle injury and this was you know designed to kind of cover for that um it ain't like kane was you know the fleetest of foot motherfucker anyway but this put Daniel Bryan in a situation where he has to fight these two monsters that have sucked the soul out of every arena that they've been in. Uh, it's nothing against these guys as a tag team because we know they can go. This gimmick is just completely run its course. Um, they're way too dominant, and it feels like no one has a chance against them. And folks just really can't get into their matches based on that. So what happens is even though Kane has the injury, even though he shows up later in the match, they pin Daniel Bryan. I, I couldn't even be upset anymore because, you know, that would be me being upsite, upset would require me to care at this point. And I, as I mentioned, I watched this show as comedy, just looking like, how can someone book a wrestling company like this? But then you have to, you know, remind yourself that this is not a wrestling company, this is a TV company. So, um,. Dan O'Brien just, you know, in a situation, just another guy. Hopefully they come up with a better direction uh, for him towards SummerSlam. Maybe they run into the Miz match. I'd like that. Um, No reason to hold it off until WrestleMania. I still think you need to do Dan O'Brien and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 35 uh, if Bryan decides to stay with the WWE. Um, Yeah, nothing really to write home here about, and that is sad. Two and a half stars. The show emanated from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, 20 years ago, the Undertaker faced mankind in the Hell in a Cell, created a moment that you know last essentially transcended into pop culture with Jim Ross calling, you know, "Oh my God, my God, he's 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 dead," and you know, whatever the hell he said. Um, Basically, Kevin Owens came out here and was like, "All right, we gonna go ahead and recreate that." So after you know a hubris filled cage match with a bunch of nothing going on kevin owens decided to come out here and and really die for it i hope kevin owens got an extra extra zero on his paycheck i hope kevin owens was handsome handsomely rewarded i hope that everyone gave that man a standing ovation when he walked through i hope that kevin owens is rewarded for this in the future because this man fell From like 15 to 17 feet up there. Not on the ground, but through a table first. And yes, I know there was an airbag under there. But you still have to take that bump from that distance. From that velocity. And (laughs) it's it's a real bad week um, for folks that want to, you know, say how dangerous, you know, New Japan is. And I think James brought this up on Twitter. This is a real bad week for y'all. And knowing that shit was about to happen. um, As far, you know... If you want to talk about real danger, what if he lands wrong? Like, what if his head, like, goes, you know, this is something that he planned to do. This wasn't something that was, like, a mess-up that could happen on any fucking move that, um, is ever done in the ring. Like a body slam, like a back bump, or anything like that. What we got was, you know, a match built around, like, yo, yeah, are the cameras in position? Okay, I'm up here, I'm going to be thrown sideways through this table. That's dangerous. Now it's, it's good that Kevin Owens is okay. It's, it was a cool bump. I thought it was crazy in the moment, and I'm not really about to sit in here and bang on WWE and say, "Hey, WWE is dangerous now." But if you are out here doing the opposite, it is, it is a bad day for you because <laughs> that's that's it, that just weakens your argument in my eyes. Um, but Kevin Owens gets the victory, <laughs> I guess. So I don't I don't know if he looked like a winner or anything like that. Everyone was cheering for Strowman, and you know. Jonathan Coachman on commentary in this match you know, just showed why these guys should pretty much be banned from calling the sport. Um, they on commentary they repeatedly stated that there was nowhere to run in the steel cage. Now Kevin Owens has been running from had been running from uh, Brock, or Braun Strowman throughout the whole lead up. Then the second he gets in the cage, this is an escape only match. Like either you can pin or you can escape. That that is literally how you win. So how Jonathan Coachman can continue to um, say these things um, baffles me. Uh, also, another thing on the Ziggler match to, to flash back a little earlier, Dolph Ziggler. It was four to four by this time. This fool, and I'm sure this was not Dolph Ziggler doing this. This was laid out by an agent to try to escape with the Intercontinental Title while it was four four. The rules of an Iron Man match would have left him down 5-4 at that point, which would have made him lose the fucking belt. Who is laying out these matches? Who is approving this shit? I don't know. Um, As far as a uh, star rating for kevin owens and braun strowman what did i have written down here i think i gave that one three stars just based on that bump alone <laughs> so if, if kevin owens is gonna go out there and um and have essentially nothing match with a big ass bump like that i'll go ahead and, and let him uh have those three stars for that so um i'm just gonna keep it uh rolling here jeff hardy squashed by shinsuke nakamura we got randy orton's return this dude comes out and kicks jeff hardy in the dick uh, Nakamura and Orton stare at each other like they're going to get something going. Um, Orton kind of turns heel in the process. We don't know, of course, how they want to book him. Uh, but uh, Orton versus Nakamura feud could be horrible for all types of reasons. Why? This is a battle to see who cares. like, <laughs> Or who is going to care first. And if it, you know, is anything, you know, we know that Nakamura will mail it in. We know that Orton will mail it in. What are they going to do? Like, <laughs> like I don't know who's going to mail them first. So, um, of course, we had Carmella and Oscar. My God. Now, as bad as Alexa Bliss is, right? And I've been giving Alexa Bliss hell for like a year. She's not Carmella. Carmella's even worse. Now, I don't even know if Carmella landed an offensive move um, in this match, they made the whole thing about Oscar wanting to get to James Ellsworth so bad she left herself open to be pushed into the shark cage, which I wonder why it was down to that height anyway. Um, seeing as how James Ellsworth fell out of it, I don't remember why it was lowered or anything like that, but all of a sudden it was there and her face was bouncing off the front of it and she was looking like an absolute geek in the process. They have killed Asuka forever right now. (laughs) They have taken this woman who was so dominant in NXT. People wanted her to be the the, uh, NXT champion, period. Not the women's champion. People wanted her to wrestle dudes. She was so dominant. Now... They give her the Royal Rumble win. They let her have all these raw ass matches leading up to WrestleMania. Pretty much the whole month of February, it was the Asuka Open Challenge. Uh, Sasha Banks got it. Bayley got it. Mickie James got it, uh, I believe. Uh, Natalia? I'm not sure. I think Natalia got it, if I'm not mistaken. And what happened was she got to WrestleMania and they beat her. And then. Everyone was like, oh, well, this will give them a chance to actually tell stories with her. Look, man, it's real easy with Asuka. Let her kill people. We don't need it much more complex than that. Why? She's not really here to do all the talking. She's not really here to do all the acting and the, and the phony bullshit. What has happened to Asuka, I feel like, is an absolute tragedy and a failure of Vince McMahon to capitalize on what was one of NXT's hottest properties. And, you know, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. And, it's really it really sucks. And, and you're feeding her to Carmella. I don't know why. I don't understand. Someone will have to, you know, explain it to me. But, she won the Royal Rumble. I guess she should be happy about that. So, um... I think her career is like irreparably damaged. People really can't take her seriously anymore. And they've had her whooping on James Ellsworth like that was still a win. No, it wasn't. <laughs> She's been going for the championship and losing and looking like a geek so much in the process. Like It's eerily, it's eerily like scary the way her and Nakamura were booked from their Royal Rumble wins to their subsequent championship losses as, you know... The only thing that didn't happen was Asuka didn't turn heel in the process, which this has kind of left her in no woman's land. She has to leave the um, championship picture at this point, unless, you know, they want to get another TV match out of it where she wins the title. I don't know. There's only a month till SummerSlam. You might have to start building up, you know, other stuff. So... It sucks to see what, uh, what has happened to Asuka. And Carmella is just absolute drizzling shits. I think I gave this match negative two stars. Um, and I never thought I would say that about an Asuka match. But Carmella is just dreadful on every level. Like, <laughs> like it comes to wrestling, putting together matches, being exciting, anything, nothing. Like, she can cut promos. She has a good look. This is the Divas division. This is a black hole on every card that she's going to be um, you know, involved in. Maybe this is a situation where Becky Lynch eventually gets a shot at her. One can only hope. Here at the end of the review, we have the last two matches. Uh, we have Finn Balor, um, who came out with some raw-ass gear, uh, beating Baron Corbin with a uh, small package, I believe. And I think I gave that one two and a half stars. And we had the B-team wrestling for the World Tag Team Championships against Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. And the B-team went over. After being jobbers for ten years, when they won the belts, I was like, who really could give a fuck? <laughs> like, good for those guys. It, it, you know, if it mattered, someone may care, but it literally doesn't matter. Who who could really get upset over this? They've murdered their own tag team division to where it's a joke. As I said, if you watch this thing with comedy in mind, it probably won't offend you as much. But if you watch this as a serious wrestling show right now, I don't know what type of drugs you're on. Like, you cannot watch this as a serious uh, thing anymore. I've come to that conclusion. And nothing exemplifies that more than the B-team being champions of the world in tag team wrestling. So, um, Baron Corbin and Finn Balor, eh, Baron Corbin sucks. That That's just pretty much what it comes to. And Finn Balor, they don't have any idea what to do with him. They put him in that match uh, just to take the pin in three ways so they didn't have to pin McIntyre. And who knows where he'll be on the SummerSlam card. If he was left off completely, I wouldn't be shocked um, to see him on my left off the card list, which, you know, you guys can relive on my previews of each show. Um, But yeah, man, this, this show was not... This was... Brian Alvarez described it as a WCW show with all the fuck finishes. With just the way how long the show felt with everything that just was designed to piss you off and frustrate you like i said i didn't watch the show with the mindset that this was going to be great i saw it and i was like i don't know man and then when it was on i just kind of watched it and stared at it and was like and this is fresh off the news of hulk hogan coming back which i will be talking about in full if you guys have not read my column on lords of pain.net Um, check that out. You can see my thoughts. Um, but yeah, that show with James and Simon will be coming soon. This was fresh off that Hulk Hogan stuff. So I wasn't in the greatest mood watching this show, but then I watched the show and it was comedic. (laughs) <laughs> just the way like that i would never run a wrestling company it made me laugh with some of the booking so but that doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing is does that make make it a good wrestling show no it does not and i'm not gonna sit here and and, and lie to you on a camera or bend over backwards and tell you yeah you know i really think this was one of the best shows of the year because it's not this is not great at all uh, but i watch this i do this for you guys and i do it because i enjoy talking about professional. Wrestling. Um, yeah, but yeah, the extreme rules show get it the fuck out of here, B. Straight up. Um, Royal Rumble was better, Fastlane was better, WrestleMania was better, even though you know I've made my thoughts about WrestleMania this year well known. Um, the greatest Royal Rumble I would say is better. That backlash was not better. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, and Money in the Bank was a little bit better than this. So you know, you're looking at between Backlash and this one is some of the worst shows of the year, but that's going to wrap up, uh, this review. Make sure if you guys are watching this on youtube.com that you hit this, excuse me, that you hit the subscribe button for more videos and everything like that. And if you guys are listening to this on uh, social suplex network, uh, make sure you guys, you know, rate us five stars, everything. Check out all the other shows on the network. Uh, of course, one nation radio hosts about myself. Um, keeping it strong style with Josh and Jeremy, uh, the <laughs> I'm tripping uh, keeping a strong side with Josh and Jeremy grown men watch this shit with uh, Chris Bryan and Jeremy Tate and also uh, Ransom Carl hosting the Outsiders Edge so uh, and also uh, the Rick and Clive wrestling show before I forget what am I doing uh, Shouts out to Rick and Clive um, it's hard to remember all this stuff uh, just looking at the camera so uh, anyway that's gonna wrap it up and I'll be back with that Hogan episode you'll see later in the feed and you don't wanna miss it we about to let it loose and I'm about to get off on all these people that have been on the con- in the comment section acting like fools so do not miss that uh, thank you guys for watching and listening and I'll see you guys next time peace thank you for listening to one nation radio we'll see you next time